This is the Command Your Brand podcast, where we talk to world changers, visionaries, and founders, people that are doing big things and changing this planet in a positive way. We're learning their stories, techniques, and exactly what you need to know so that you can do things in a big way. The time is now. Get ready to take command of your brand. chat today because we have Lloyd Yip back with us, who was nice enough to be in the Facebook group about a year ago, I think. And we talked about a content funnel and how that can really drive your sales. But one of the biggest things that people are missing is you create content, you get people excited, but the biggest thing you need is somebody to actually set calls with your team and why that's important. So Lloyd, thanks for hanging out with me today, man. Thanks for having me back. Super excited to you know chat with you and the gang again. And yeah, hopefully today is going to be a mind-bending explosion of, of insight. I, hopefully not too mind-bending, man. I'm only on my <laughs> second cup of coffee and I'm usually on my third by now. So my mind doesn't have a lot of bending to do. But I guess for people that haven't experienced your content before, man, tell them a little bit about you and what you do, man. Yeah, yeah. So I am Lloyd Yip, founder and CEO of Attract and Scale. And for the last three or so years, we've been really trying to add a lot of insight that enables business owners, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, pretty much anyone who's selling high-ticket offers online, giving them some insight and trainings on how they could truly move to the next level of their business, scale it, add more profit, revenue, and ultimately impact as well. And as Jeremy had mentioned last time we came on, we were talking more so about content, helping you really understand how do you best utilize content in order to build your brand, to build a community so that your tribe is not just large, but also is in a position where they want to engage and buy. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you can't create impact if you're not actually sharing that information, having people buy. But just like what Jeremy had opened our conversation with today, what good is having a ton of content and having people even engage if they don't end up actually speaking with your team, whether it be yourself or if you have a salesperson on the phone? Yeah. You can't really sell high ticket offers, assuming that's what you're selling, without this phone call, typically. I mean, in certain rare situations, it can be done. But if you look at 95% of businesses selling someone something fairly high ticket, be it coaching, consulting, agency services, you usually do need a sales call. And if we're being totally I know for honest, us, we don't move forward with anybody without some sort of a call because as much as a prospect is looking at us and saying, hey, is this a fit for us? We're doing the same thing, right? Can we support this person? Can we help their mission? Do we actually think we can make this successful? So that call is super important because you do have to make sure, like, even if they're like, hey, I'm ready to buy, here's my credit card, great. It's still important to make sure like both sides, this is a fit. Yeah. I mean, actually I am and was a client of Jeremy's and I still remember Drew who jumped <laughs> on a call with me in order to disqualify or qualify me before I ended up signing up for Jeremy's program. So most of the people listening, if you're selling a high ticket, you're going to have a pretty similar situation. But the issue that we didn't actually cover in our previous talk, Jeremy, is that there's so many of these people who are going to be lying dormant in your communities, whether it be in your email list, your Facebook group, your Instagram, social media following. You're sharing all this content. You're putting your heart and soul into this content, 
but 90% of them, even if they like it, they're just sitting on their hands and not doing anything, right? And even think about your own interaction with content. You are probably listening to this podcast and thinking, oh, Jeremy is such a great guy. His voice is so soft and soothing. I learn something from him every single time I dial in. Yet, how many of you have actually booked a call with Jeremy's team? And that's very true because like, think about it, even just your Instagram feed, right? I think I've actually even shared links to posts to people I thought were interesting, like Mm -hmm. in like a text message or whatever. And then I haven't even liked or commented on that post, right? Like it's bringing that engagement back is important. Yeah. So the realization that I made a couple of years back was like, of like, say a hundred people who see my content and like it. And I don't even mean like it by they click the like button. They might just like it in their head. Like like me, man. Yeah. Like 95% of them will not actually take any real action. They're not going to be the one who's proactively hitting up Jeremy over email or finding his call booking link to schedule a demo, even if they would be a good fit, even if they're in their back of their mind thinking, oh, you know what, that could actually be pretty interesting because people by their nature, the tendency is to just like chill and uh, let things come to them. Now, why are setters important? Well, maybe I should explain what a setter even is. to Yeah, I think it's the more basic is going to make sense to people there because like for people listening, they may be missing this in their business and not know they're missing it. You know what I mean? Exactly. So an appointment setter or in the software world or the agency world, they're also called SDRs, sales development representatives. So they go by different names and frankly, it's just uh, semantics doesn't really make a huge difference. The more important thing is what they do. And what they do is they are actually starting conversations with your community proactively. And those conversations are what allow you to maximize your call bookings. So a couple of use cases, I'll just throw them out there. And some might be relevant to you, some might not be, right? But the point is that setters and SDRs can be quite versatile. So one use case is, in Jeremy's case, he has a Facebook group with thousands of people. A lot of them are listening on the live streams, for example, today, or just checking out his content. They love it. Well, Jeremy actually does have a setter. He was telling me actually before we started recording, and his setter proactively starts these conversations with all the people in his group. Whether or not they are actively DMing Jeremy, the setter will actively DM them first. Because I don't know about you, Lloyd. I don't mean to be a dick, but a lot of times I just don't see my DMs. So like you definitely need that help there. Because I know like in LinkedIn before, I'm like, hey, I've seen people message me like, hey, I'm ready to work with you guys. When we didn't have a setter, those things were a real problem because now that person actually Mm -hmm. looking for that, they're handling that, they're hopping on the phone, I'm getting them on a call with me. And when you're busy, like you're just not thinking with those things. Like I don't get back to friends in Facebook Messenger. (laughs) It's not intentional. Busy people, they have a lot of different things on their plate, right? You being one of them, myself, and, and a lot of our clients as well. So like if we want to really maximize, and that's what we said earlier, a huge percentage of the people who are engaged, they're not proactively talking to us. So we have to speak to them. But then you end up seeing that even though this is a really good and important thing to do, it's going to maximize our call book and it's going to turn a higher percentage of our audience into closed deals or booked calls. A busy person like Jeremy can't do it themselves. And a lot of people try. A lot of people try initially to just manage their DMs. And just like take on that ownership until you realize after you hit a certain level in your business that there's just no time. There's no time 
to actually go and do that. So the option that you have is either you stop doing it because you got to just spend time elsewhere and just give up on all the leads that otherwise you would be booking. Or in Jeremy's case, he was like, no, we have to continue the DMing. We can't just give that up. It's a big part of our revenue generation. It's a big part of actually making sure that the people who engage with their content is converting. No, let's just get a setter, right? So that is the purpose behind a setter. That is the purpose behind an SDR. And that's one use case. Another use case could be doing the same thing on Instagram or LinkedIn. Another use case could be, let's say you're driving a lot of paid ads, YouTube ads, Facebook ads, whatever. And maybe instead of just waiting for those people to maybe book a call with you on their own because they're now seeing your videos or your emails, maybe just get a setter to call them as well, right? Pick up the phone. Someone literally just opted into your paid ad three seconds ago. Why don't someone in your team get the notification and then just pick up the phone? Because that person is thinking about you right at that particular moment. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're running a lot of cold email, but cold email takes a lot of time. You got to personalize it. You got to find leads. Well, a setter can essentially take that over as well. In fact, there are millions of SaaS companies, software companies, out there where like their entire business model is just built on having an entire team of sales development representatives just doing a bunch of outbound calling and outbound emailing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the CEO is not taking the responsibility of that business development. They have an entire army of people that's doing all that outreach for them. And that allows the scalability to come to play. So regardless of whatever the use case is, as a scaling business, you need SDRs or setters eventually if you're trying to move a high volume of high ticket products without the CEO or senior management being burdened by those day-to-day operational activities. And I think that's really important because something we even changed recently, like so cold email is one of the big things we've done for years and that's been very successful for us. We also, we don't run a ton of Facebook ads just because they haven't really worked for the type of public we're looking to reach, we do very well with Google ads. And what we've actually done even with our Google ads is there's a step in there where you don't book a call right away. You request you know, information and the setter then calls you, chats with you. Their job is to then be your best friend and show them how the company can help you and then book you on a call with a salesperson. So like yeah. that step of really making sure that you know, somebody feels like they're handled and they feel like there's a human there. Like that's important, man. Like I feel like that is an actual important step to the sales process. Absolutely. And I think it's important to not try to automate away every single step of the sales process, because as you had said, there's certain elements in which if we were to have someone in there, that's like highly trained and well-spoken, it actually makes your ability to convert so much higher. So even if you are saving a little bit of time technically, if you're automating everything, what you end up sacrificing in terms of conversion rate could actually more than offset whatever gains you make with software. And maybe you can even speak to that, Jeremy, because you're telling me off air before we began recording that once you applied your setter, you actually started to see not just an increase in call booking volume and time savings, but also your close rate went up. Wasn't that right? Yeah, I feel like you're in my head, man. That was the next thing I was going to say. So like we've seen a couple different things that have actually changed how the sales call functions. Number one, we're getting less people on the phone that aren't qualified for our service because a setter is also a gatekeeper in some ways, right? Like maybe you're not the right fit for that person and that's totally fine. But the setter also makes sure that the person that's going to be on the phone is getting the best use of their time. So that's been one part of it. The other part of it, so more qualified people have been on calls. Number two is, and I don't know if you've seen this, but our show up percentage has like shot up percentage of people that actually show up for booked appointments because they spoke to somebody, 
they have a good idea of why they're here, they know this is for them, and they're excited for their call. So our show up percentages change. But also at the same time, like I'm thinking of two calls recently, one of our closes last week, and one of our closes this week that spoke to me, they were really excited to speak to me because they knew we were what they were looking for. They were lined up with what we were doing. And really, though there was some information there, it was more like they got on the call ready to pay me because they were at a different point in the process where they would be much more cold and not informed before a setter spoke to them. Yeah. So it's interesting how even for you, the use cases, you're using multiple of them, but then the benefits, there's multiple benefits as well in different areas, whether it be just the booking of the meetings, which is kind of more obvious, mm-hmm. but then the more subtle ones that you only experience after the fact, which is like show up rates and win percentage, but it's all powerful stuff. And at this point, I feel like we don't even need to try to convince people that setters make sense. Yeah, It makes a lot of sense, especially if you're at a certain level, maybe it's not as great for beginners because probably there's a certain level of rec- prerequisites that they're going to need before this makes sense. But especially for anyone who's already building an established business into the multi-five figures, even six figures a month, it's almost like a requirement to scale beyond that. But here's the thing that I hear a lot, right? Because we work with a lot of clients that are trying to onboard setters, um, clients that either are trying to do it for the first time or people that are trying to do it properly for the first time because they failed in the past. Mm-hmm. And the things that we've noticed that usually get in the way, there's a few. And let me just go through them really quickly. First of all, I think there is a mindset that needs to shift before someone can effectively adopt a setter. Anyone who's been like a solopreneur their entire time, last couple of years, you end up falling in love with the business that you've built. It's your baby. And a lot of the time is like, since solopreneurs are taking on so much of the operations, once they're asked to start to give up some of the operations, there's a lot of resistance. It's like, no, I can do it better. Or maybe a setter comes in and they start micromanaging the setter because they're like, no, it's like, I would do it like this. So like, I think to a degree before an entrepreneur can fully commit to the strategy, they have to like make their mind reach this level of acceptance that, you know what, like in order for me to scale, I have to take a step back for certain things. Mm -hmm. And If they can acknowledge that and respect that as being part of the process, that's kind of important key. That being said, it's not the only thing. I think once you're coming down to the nitty gritty of how do you build like a setting function, Mm -hmm. you don't need to necessarily start off with an entire SDR team or a setting team, right? Like once upon a time, a team of 10 setters started as one. So But at the same time, that allows you to kind of figure out like, because I think one of the hesitations as well is people don't realize where a setter is going to fit in their process. And it's much easier to kind of build that initial process with that first person. Like when we brought in our first setter, you know, I was basically like, all right, here's the phone, man, cold call our database. And that's where we got started. And then we kind of built more functions for him in between that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And it's actually recommended that even as a larger company, if you've never brought in a setter before, probably don't bring on that many at -hmm. first because it ends up being quite risky. One or two is like enough. And then if you can make that first setter or those first two setters a profitable and reliable and mostly self-sufficient, then yeah, like you can probably justify bringing on more, but keeping it kind of on low key in the beginning is important. And that's when you can really hone in on the individual components that can make a setter function work, right? Like, first of all, how do you even hire? How do you source? I think a mistake that people often make when they try to bring on a setter is thinking that a VA can do it. A virtual assistant, let's be very clear, highly important to most businesses, but 
understanding their limitations is critical. They are better for like very mundane, repetitive, non-skilled tasks that if you can even make a step-by-step documentation of how, how they can do it, they're usually going to be quite good, but a setter is not like that. A setter has got to actually have conversations. They have to have sales skills. They have to be able to communicate with nuance and understand the things that the client or the prospect is saying. To try to get a VA to do that is a mistake. And I've seen so many entrepreneurs because they're trying to save money and they know that they can get a VA for the three or $4 an hour. They end up actually wasting a ton of leads yep. that a setter would not have wasted. A setter could have t- taken those leads and they could have turned it into like $50,000, $100,000. And all a VA does is burn through those leads because they don't actually know how to manage those conversations. So that's a huge mistake. That's a really good how point you, too, because we tried that yeah. first and it wasn't really what I was looking for. And I know every business is a little bit different, but for us, I found that it was important to have like part of the setter's job be a phone step. Yeah. And with a VA, you know, since a lot of times English isn't the first language and things like that, it just may not be the right fit for that job. So for us, it was really important that that person was not a VA, that that person was, you know, had some sales skills, had some phone skills, things like that. Yeah. We actually had the same problem as well. Long before we built our setting (laughs) done for you business, we had experimented with like having VAs run the function. And after a couple months of just headaches and really getting nowhere, as soon as we brought in our real setter, our first real setter, Luigi, he more or less doubled our business over the course of two months. It was a pretty phenomenal experience. So that's something that I would highly advise anyone to take heat on. It's a warning sign, you know, don't fly too close to the sun, so to speak. With that. <laughs> Your wings are going to melt and that's the end of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but something interesting that you had said earlier, Jeremy, was like, you brought in that first person. And then in the beginning, you kind of just said like, Hey, pick up the phone, do your thing. But then over time, you built out some processes that can be could yeah. follow. And I can almost guarantee that if I look at the trajectory of that setter's numbers, they improved over time, proportionally due to the fact that you gave them better processes and additional training as well. So what my point is here is that even if you get great talent on day one and you interview them the right way, you're filtering them the right way, you're providing them the correct compensation to incentivize them, even if all that stuff is in place, understanding that their improvement is also predicated on us putting them in a good position to succeed. It's yep. predicated on us giving them ongoing sales training and us building great processes for them, technologies to support them, make their days more efficient, scripts, training on our internal company SOPs and whatnot. Even if you're getting great talent on board, if we're not putting them in an ecosystem where we're optimizing their results, they're usually going to end up not performing to their potential. And that's a shame, right? Because what if you did hire someone great, but then they leave you because you're not doing your job as the CEO or the COO or the marketing manager, whatever it may be. So that's another critical thing that we feel is also costing a lot of people a lot of money and causing people to lose employees that otherwise in a different situation would have actually generated a lot of profit, Mm -hmm. right? So for us, we think that's really critical, a combination of great talents and then great training and then putting them into a position with lots and lots of uh, processes that we know will get them to perform at their absolute best, right? Yeah. So to me, someone who can do all of this, and it's not easy, don't get me wrong, it does take a lot of time. It's a fairly complicated process and it can be a high risk process too, because I mean, you can imagine how much time and money could be just like thrown away if you do this wrong, 
you're back to square one after a few months of trying. <laughs> so it's a dangerous proposition, but when that's done right, like you can attest to it yourself, Jeremy, the degree at which your business grew because you successfully implemented like a setting function into your business. It's a big deal and it's definitely a game changer. And I guess, you know, funny side note here is people listening to this are going to laugh because they'll be like, Jeremy, you sound different than you did two minutes ago. So though you've sounded incredible through this whole interview thus far, Lloyd, I had the wrong mic hooked up and I've been talking to my MacBook speaker. But anyway, so looking at that, it's interesting because I think that people have this idea of like, okay, this person just sets phone calls. But like when you look at it, a setter is actually a big part of the sales function. And I think for us, once we realize, hey, this is actually a part of our sales process, one of the things we're actually looking at now in in our own business And I don't know if this is something you've seen is we see there's also two types of sales cycles. And this is also for me may change a little bit of what my setter does as well. Like every single person we talk to does a discovery call, right? 15, 20, 30 minutes. That's kind of the tops of what you see there. You're going to see that half the prospects are ready to buy on that call. And you're going to see another half that need more information. They actually need a sales presentation. So what we're actually looking at is, you know, even our setter could be helping with some of the discovery calls. So it's changing how our process works as well. I don't know if that's something you've seen, like the longer you use a setter, the more you're actually able to take a look at your own process and see like where you're wasting time and how sales cycles change. Definitely. I think setters are a great tool to take experiments because like their entire jobs are just trying to generate you more qualified deals and leads in the pipeline. Mm So like, let's say you've never even tried email before, but you want to have like a low cost way of just deploying email and seeing if it works. Like having a setter just spend a couple hours a day on email. There you go. You just like run an experiment without needing to spend your own time to see, oh, like, does this channel work? Or in the case of discovery calls or triage calls, you could have your setter running them as well. And that could save your closer a bunch of time because otherwise they'd be spending half of their day on just trying to qualify. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of people who've essentially taken their setters who've worked with them for six months and just promoted them to closers as well. And those setters are often always going to outperform like an external closer hire because of the fact that not only do they have sales skills, but they also have already been in the business for six months. So they understand the offering. Whereas like a new closer has to come in and even if they have great sales skills, it takes them months before they can actually learn about your product enough that they could truly represent it. Setters spend months talking to people before they ever get to try to like close a deal. So that's a really, really cool thing about the setting function that other people often are overlooking in terms of the benefits. So I think one of the things that a lot of people struggle with as well is, okay, like finding that talent can be hard. Training that talent can be hard. But at the same time, you know, and those things take time and somebody's running a small business or doing whatever, like they don't have time for all those functions. But I guess one of the concerns as well is like, all right, if you bring in an outside group to do that for you, do they work for me? Who do they work for? You know, do they follow my company rules? So like, I think this is a concern for people they are trying to figure out how to fill that spot. But like, there's all these different problems that they're running into. Yeah. So that actually is the genesis of why we built the business that we built. Mm, that's because, why I asked you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like, because we had an issue as well. We initially wanted to get on a setter, but we were just too busy to hire one ourselves. And frankly, we weren't like entirely sure about how we would even go about doing that. So we had brought on an agency and they had said, oh, like, yeah, we'll do it all for you. <laughs> and we we're just like, all right, well, they're not very expensive. So let's just give it a shot. And they essentially made all the mistakes that we had saw. 
that we had been warning you guys about earlier, which is like they essentially hired a setter. And if you can't see me right now, because you're listening to the podcast, I'm doing like a setter in quotation marks. What it was actually that they gave us was like a virtual assistant for the Philippines. <laughs> um, and then not only... But there's nothing wrong with the Philippines, man. Half my team is there. Oh, They're incredible oh, people. <laughs> same. My virtual assistant, my actual virtual assistant is from the Philippines and he's great at VA stuff, but not like didn't really work out as a setter. But not only that, it wasn't even my employee. It was like... I was just paying the agency a monthly fee to yep. like essentially. That's exactly rent. what I was bringing up. Like yeah. they don't work for you, they work for somebody else. Exactly. And so we were like essentially renting the virtual assistants who wasn't even really that skilled to begin with. And they definitely never got trained by us because we never trained them. We know that because we were literally there. And then it turned out after a month of just poking around, like that virtual assistant wasn't even just working for us. They also were like juggling three other companies at the same time. So like the combination of it being just like a virtual assistant who wasn't very skilled and the fact that they never really got trained on our materials or our processes. And the fact that the virtual assistant was like trying to manage multiple different companies at the same time, like no wonder it didn't work. So obviously we had to fire that company wasn't a great experience, but it informed us a lot. We ended up just doing it ourselves because we kind of had like, you know, it just didn't, it just left us with such a bad taste in our mouths. So we spent around three to four months trying to figure out how to hire a setter. The first setter that we hired was amazing. And then we improved the process, tried again. The second setter was even better. And then a year later, because a lot of our clients who we were coaching for sales and marketing at the time, they were experiencing the same problems. They needed setters too. And they didn't know how to get them. And they were too afraid of going through the process. We understood. It took us six months to figure out the process. We we're like, why don't we just do it for you? Initially, it was just kind of like a test because we didn't know if we could do it for people. But then we did it. We followed our own process for our clients. They absolutely crushed it. And the beautiful thing was they didn't have to do any work because we more or less did the entire process for them. And we we're like, wait a minute, we're solving a huge problem here. So that's more or less when we decided, hey, why don't we actually try to build this out as a service? Because there's so many business owners right there that we know of that need to expand their team. They're killing themselves, managing all of this stuff manually on their own, not following up with leads, which is a, of a detriment to their own audience. Yep. But they're just too afraid to try to hire for the first time, or they're too afraid because they've been burned in the past from having trusted these other agencies. So that's more or less why we started what we started. So when we bring on setters for our clients, it's entirely done for you. But it's your employee. We're not just trying to like bring on a virtual assistant and then have them serve this like four different companies. Like, no, we're literally bringing on a truly qualified salesperson and plugging them directly inside our client's organization. And because of that, because we're so confident due to the quality of sales training that we provide and the initial talent already having been so great, we're confident enough that we provide full guarantees. And if the client doesn't feel like the results are great, let us know. We'll literally exchange the setter for someone else or we'll give a full refund. We're that confident, right? So that's essentially where our business has gone. And ever since we did that, it's been so cool helping people around the world get employed and then helping business owners save a ton of time. It's just been like a profoundly impactful experience for me. Not to mention a lot of money has been made for our clients in this process. And that also gets me pretty excited. Well, Lloyd, I know like having a good setter, it's been a big difference in our business. You know, like we've had Josh on our team for, you know, six months or something like that now. And now we actually have other setters working for him and it has been a difference. 
So for people listening, you're like, they're like, I get it. I need some help. And, you know, they're hearing what you're talking about. They want to talk to you about that. They're watching this live right now in the Facebook group or checking out the recording later on on the podcast. You know, how's going to be the best way for people checking this out to connect with you, man? So I'm very accessible over email. My name is Lloyd, L-L-O-Y-D. And then my domain is at attractandscale.com. So Lloyd at attractandscale.com. And you can always just send me, I mean, you can just send me an email and we'll respond to every single one. We also have a call booking link, which we could share with Jeremy. And that way he can just plug it in the show notes or he could plug it in to you know the comments of the live stream here. And as well, if you want to just check out some more of our content, you can add me on Facebook. My URL will also just be kind of shared on the mm-hmm. Facebook live as well yep. as the show notes. So if anyone wants to just like send me a connection request and we can chit chat over the DMs, you'll probably be speaking with my setter. But <laughs> if you ask for me, my setter will just tap me on the shoulder and he's like, hey, come, this guy actually wants to talk to you. He saw through the ruse and he wants to have a chit chat with you directly. I'm more than happy to do so because yeah, I want to be relatable and accessible by anyone and everyone who wants to have a conversation. So Very with cool. that being said, that's more or less it. If you have any questions or have a desire to maybe plug in a setter into your team, we're more than happy to help you out and we would be really excited to. Very cool. Well, Lloyd Gibb, thanks for coming back on today, man. Yep. Thanks for having me.